0: Absolutely. All right. So this is Jim Wagner, a longtime pitching coach of mine, a huge mentor to me throughout my baseball career and in life in general. He's pushed me through many different obstacles and really helped me find who I am today and got me here to University of San Diego, where I play baseball and study history and minor in leadership. And this is part of the Lead 179 podcast series. Um, Everybody say hi to Jim. Uh, Hi, Hi, everybody. (laughs) Hi. Uh, Jim's here today to give some advice on coaching, uh, development and progressiveness throughout baseball and sport in general, and also intertwining leadership into these things. Uh, Jim, if I didn't give you a good enough introduction, uh, was there anything else you want to add in on, on how you've gotten started up to this point or how you've gotten your name so big?
1: I would probably say the biggest thing was, you know, getting started in baseball, playing, you know, at a young age, developing, playing through high school and college, and then really having the game be part of my life to the point where I had an opportunity to start working uh, with young baseball players on pitching. And it just sort of developed to the point where we're here now doing a podcast talking about how to develop, uh, you know, young players and, and getting, you know, yourself to a level where you're you come across as maybe an authority in the subject of throwing a baseball and working with pitchers.
0: Awesome. Now I know you didn't start very small. You were a one client guy, but your one client was a pretty big name if you'd want to share who that name is.
1: Yeah, my first foray into coaching was a young a 10-year-old pitcher by the name of Trevor Bauer. Trevor was a teammate of my older son on a travel uh, baseball team out of Santa Clarita, so I was familiar and friendly with uh, his dad and mom, Warren and Kathy. And when I first started out uh, deciding I was going to work with someone. It was a matter of like, okay, who's going to be my first student? Who am I going to go to? Well, Trevor was playing in a, in a 10, uh, basically a 10 and under tournament uh, out at the local park in Santa Clarita, where uh, most of my students have come from. And I just approached his dad and said, Hey, Warren, I think I'm going to start doing some pitching lesson work. Would you be interested? And he said, that sounds good. He goes, let me talk to Trevor. And, um, and and so he, at the time, pagers were still the rage. So he paged me. And uh, I called him back and he said, we'd love to get started. And that first time was, was pretty brutal um, in terms of I thought I was prepared how to teach. I knew the things I wanted to teach, but once you're in front of someone, just like the first time doing a speaking engagement the first time that you are in front of people uh you can sort of prepare yourself and then when they're actually there it becomes a lot bigger and a lot different than uh than what you maybe imagine so when I worked with Trevor we did some really basic stuff and he was very raw but he loved baseball like no other and so we ended up uh working every Friday at 3 p.m. at a local park. And his dad, uh, and and parents are still together, uh, but his dad worked in New Mexico in the Albuquerque area during the week. So on Sunday evenings, he flew to Albuquerque, worked all the way through Friday morning, and then uh, got on a plane and was home for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Warren drove right from the airport, to uh, the park, which was right next to his elementary school. And uh, he was there and, and they practiced and practiced. And he told Trevor, you need to work uh, throughout the week since I'm not here. And if you don't, then I'm not going to spend the money to do it. But if you do, then I will be happy to to uh, you know pay Jim to, to work with you. So that was the start of, of getting going. And like I mentioned, there was a first few times I was a little unsure just in terms of my approach and working with them. Even though I knew them, I was trying to teach based on what I had learned and some things that I was learning. And then next thing you know, a second person uh, came up to me and said, hey, I see you do pitching work. My son would like to do some work. You know, would you have time? So I saw that young player who went to the same school at 2.30 on Friday And then Trevor was at three o'clock and then there were uh, two brothers who lived across the street from the park and their dad approached me. And next thing you know, I've got four clients um, in a short period of time. And to the point where, um, you know, my relationship with with Trevor has uh, evolved to the point where he was a high level high school pitcher. Uh, He left high school early to go play at UCLA um, but even while at UCLA, he would come up during the week to Santa Clarita from from Westwood, usually like two times, and he worked in a class uh, that I was running, and he uh, continued to learn and, and do some things that, that we thought were going to be beneficial to him, and as it turned out, it was a, a good foundation um, to, to get him started, and so for me, I've always liked working with younger players because the younger players become the older players. And, you know, Chris, you know, how we got started. It was the same thing. I think you were playing on a travel team um, out of Santa Clarita and there was a dad who mentioned something to your dad and makes you know, your dad calls me. I think you were like 10 also.
0: Oh, yeah, And you uh, came up and we used to work on
1: to remember We used to work on like Sundays Sundays, every
0: Sunday morning, I would long yeah. toss with my dad outside and drive up to Santa Clarita and we'd work at, we'd work at Line Drive. That was when you were yeah. back at Line Drive. The old, your the old batting kids, that's right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that relationship devolved between you and I and,
1: and even, to this point now where you and I, you know, still work with each other when time allows. And I think that's the most important thing when you work with young players. And it was something that I was taught by my mentor, uh, Ron Wolforth of the Texas baseball ranch was that, you know, the only person who's going to know uh, whoever makes it big, so to say, like a Trevor Bauer, you know, one of the best pitchers in the world uh, type pitcher is, uh, you know, is God. So we can't, We can't tell people they can or can't do something. And my responsibility was always to give your best effort in working with that player. And, and, you know, you see where things take him. I think um, working with uh, Trevor was a really good foundation for me to continue what i was doing with him towards others and you know and there's you uh tyler glass now was another that i worked at a young age tyler is now uh probably the hottest pitcher in major league baseball with the tampa bay rays and i've worked with i would say five thousand different players over an 18 year period and you know, the percentages of, of having a high high level player is is not great, but if you work with enough of them and you do things that are consistent with your teaching and, and what I feel is uh, coaches at both the collegiate level and the professional level want, then I will continue to work with those players and work with them as if they are the next Trevor Bauer or they are the next Tyler Glasnow or the next Chris Murphy. Uh, all those players at some point were just big-eyed and was hoping that things would work in their favor to get to the highest level. And uh, But they all started off as, as young players, so that's sort of been my specialty. Um, and then over the years, it evolved to working with older players, collegiate players, professional players, but the younger players is kind of where it is. That's more fun for me to start to see their initial development.
0: Definitely, and if, if for everybody here who doesn't know Jim, which is pretty much everybody listening to this podcast, uh, Jim is has always been that guy that's uh, super rowdy. Uh, we focused on velocity a lot when I was a kid, and it was always bringing out the cowbell or uh, doing all that fun stuff, or the horn whenever you hit a velocity high, and making it fun for the kids. And even when I was in high school, watching the, the little Connor Jacksons and uh, and all the little guys, I just remember all of them being so excited to get on the mound next to next to everybody else and hit their velocity highs, whether it be like 55 miles an hour if they were 10 years old, or so on and so forth. it It's always that fun atmosphere that I find that brings people back, and the ones that do thrive feed off of each other and I think you can see that and you let us be ourselves um it's you have uh, a very inviting place for personality in terms of your facility and and Warren there is the same exact (laughs) kind of guy needless to say you guys bring that fun aspect to the game that that wasn't there for a bit for for a lot of people um now, in terms of like leadership, uh, who are some leaders that you look up to in terms of uh, being proactive and and really stepping forth? Well,
1: my mentor and, and one of the greatest leaders of men that I've been around is a gentleman Ron Wolford of the Texas Baseball Ranch. Uh, Ron, uh, Ron and his uh, company are based out of North Houston area, and Ron was the first person. Uh, Well, really he was the second person that I was introduced to at kind of a a mentor level that made a huge difference for me. And he's always talked about, you know, evolving with the game, you know, trying to be ahead of the learning curve. And so Ron uh, runs primarily camps, uh, uh, weekend camps, as well as uh, a very successful summer camp. And you've, Chris have been out yes, there and have. and have been part of that, and and you know you always have to have this atmosphere of of wanting the kids to want to come back uh you were mentioning about the cowbell and and the horns and and bird calls we we had i think (laughs) three new players in a class yesterday and we hadn't brought it out for a little bit but we brought it out yesterday and they would get a high and all these horns are going off and they just have the biggest smile on their face and and it's like after hey did you like class oh yeah this was great And, and that's really what we're trying to do with players but ron was the first person who really um uh got me to understand how to work with players uh ron has even gone on to talk to uh corporate corporate groups on leadership and team building uh he's he's a master at uh getting people in a group and really getting them to understand the big picture picture and you know ron says he's not the smartest guy in the world he went to uh, he did his studies at the university of nebraska and his joke that his joke is that you know he's not really smart he goes most people that uh go to nebraska uh think that the n on their helmet uh, stands for knowledge and th- that's something that is sort of hey it brings you down to in a sense, it, it brings them down to your level and that you're all in this together. And Ron's great at that. Um, another mentor of mine is Brent Strom. Brent Strom is the uh, pitching coach for the Houston Astros. And Brent has always has always been very giving to me about you know things that are going on in the game, about training techniques and, and things that's really helped himself out. And there's other guys uh, like Randy Sullivan of the Florida Baseball Ranch, uh, Kyle Bodie with Driveline Baseball, uh, Mike Ryan, who, who runs a facility in Chicago. Uh, he was more... At, we, him and I got started at the same time, and he was probably about about a year ahead of me once I opened up my very own facility, and Mike was very instrumental in saying, hey, this is what I've found to be successful. And so I, I've always been a student of the game and I've always sort of taken a backseat uh, to listen to these people. I continually go to uh, to uh, seminars and camps that, that they put on and so I'm, I'm constantly out in Tampa where Randy Sullivan's at. I'm constantly out in Houston where Ron is at because that's important in my business to stay ahead of the curve and and, and experiment with things not too different than you know, 18 years ago when I had a young Trevor Bauer, or 15 years ago when when a young Chris Murphy came in, uh, but those people were instrumental, and and that's something that uh, is is important to you know even as a leader of my own group when we have our summer training, is that that first date, all eyes are on you. And it's important to allow them to see the confidence that you have, see the passion for what you're doing, directing them what to do, but allowing them to still, you know, have their individualism with, with their, uh, delivery. Um, most of the times we have to sort of just make sure the cattle is sort of herded in the right way that, you know, they stay off their phone when they need to stay off their phone and, and, uh, you know, that they're working hard all the time. Uh, that's really what a leader is about. It's just trying to allow people to understand what your goal is for them and in turn uh, me understanding what their goal is so I can help them
0: Definitely. reach that, that yeah. level. Yeah, something I've learned here, even it didn't click for me in high school, but the best leaders are also learners. So they, the fact that you're constantly improving your, your craft and being above the line or if you want to use that that sense and always being on the curve and constantly learning, uh, that's huge. in in any world of coaching or player development and all that kind of stuff, so that kind of ties into what baseball is now. We see all these videos for Make Baseball Fun Again, and then you see Trevor Bowers on the front line of everything, of all this biomechanics stuff. He's in hitters' heads, it pretty much seems like, and... Um, Rob Rob Friedman on Twitter, pitching ninja. For anybody that hasn't checked him out, it's a def, it's a must check out. Um, I'd say he's on the brink of helping people out in terms of development uh, for sure through the through social media. And you started a a podcast series, and you you've been big on Twitter recently. And how do you take us through how you've kind of been proactive in terms of all of the the modern changes and over the past I'd say like two or three years sure well
1: social media has really opened up uh, a lot of eyes to people in all different facets of life in, in regards to baseball you know someone like Rob Friedman uh, who's uh, he's a, an attorney uh In the south, somewhere. I'm not 100% sure what state he said. I think it might be Georgia or something like that. But Rob just started putting uh, GIF files of of pictures on his site. And, you know, he's got something like over 100,000 followers because he provides content that pitchers at the professional level, all the way down to youth pitchers, use to help simulate their delivery, maybe with you know, hundreds of pitchers in the major leagues. And so social media has, a matter of fact, Rob has also did a thing that's called flat ground app and he's branched up and anybody who is a pitcher and who's looking to play in college or possibly get signed to a professional contract, they're free to send their video. And on this, on, you know, Twitter side of flat ground app, and and there's coaches that are on it that will see players. I uh, as a matter of fact, there was a, there was a guy who finished collegiately. I think he had some injuries, and he was consistently 97. I think he hit 100 miles an hour once, and he had I think a dozen teams waiting to sign him. I believe the Dodgers actually ended up signing this player. But but social media has allowed um, people to sort of further their cause. Uh, more at a national level. So when I first started uh, my marketing, it was really just to my clients. I was writing a newsletter. Um, I didn't have really the means uh, of, of getting myself out there. Um, I, I ended up hiring a marketing person and, and what she has allowed me to do is understand the big picture of how you know your, if you have someone following you you well then. You also have all of their followers following you, and, and if you look at the highest level, like someone like a Kim Kardashian, um, a Beyonce, Taylor Swift, you know these are people that have forty million followers on Twitter or Instagram, and it really helps in what they're doing and what they're trying to get. Uh, you know their product which is themselves out is that that's a way to reach the masses and the way I was doing it wasn't really working because it was really just within my own group so um, we I got on Twitter uh, I got on on Facebook on Instagram and I think, you know, I'm not sure how many years it's been now, but we're, we're somewhere about, it's not a lot, it's somewhere close to 3,800 followers on Twitter, which is not bad, especially for someone like myself. It's a lot more than me. Just, it is, yeah, well, you'll... you'll yeah, I'm still waiting to get my little blue uh, checked uh, to get verified. Uh, I, I think I need to get uh, something, uh, you know, big. I need, I need uh, for a lot of guys to, you know, sort of hit it, uh, you included. But, um, but as as an aside, you know, being verified is is something that would be cool for me because I think it would allow me to to sort of say you know, for people to see like, Hey, this guy knows what he's doing. And so social media has allowed me to, especially with, uh, I just started a podcast a couple months ago and I'm fortunate that I've had some great guests. I'm, i somewhat connected in, in, in baseball, in professional baseball. So yesterday's podcast, uh, was, uh, Doug White, who's the, uh, Los Angeles angels, uh, pitching coach. And I've known Doug for the last 10 years. And, and so what, My job is today and for the next several days is to, hey, here's a great listen with Los Angeles Angels coach Doug White and, and list the things that we talked about. And that way, you're going to get people to understand what you're doing. Uh, we talked about development. Him and I talked about, you know, us sort of getting started uh, around the same time. And, and social media and, and being progressive means that you're trying to get the masses to see what you're doing. Uh, it may not directly mean uh, you know dollars in the bank account, but it does allow you to have a platform. And I think the social media, uh, with especially Twitter, is allowed me to go in and do the podcast and get people to listen. Um, we've had uh, uh, Trevor Bowers was my very first guest. Uh, Tyler Glassnow, a pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Brent Strom, uh, was on it. And, um, and these are really good guests. And the guy who's producing the show is like, man, he goes, we, he's been doing another show with another guy and they just haven't been able to, they were so excited to get the angels beat writer, uh, on their, on their show. And here I am coming in with multiple people with, um, with major league baseball. So, you know, that's, that's sort of my new thing and that's something that uh, I need to continue to do to sort of brand uh, my business, which is uh throw zone, Jim Wagner's throw zone Academy. Um, you know, trying to get people to understand like, Hey, uh, go to at throw zone and you'll find us on, on all these different platforms. I also wrote a book last year um, called uh, three strikes and you're not out. And we did a pretty, hefty amount of sales with that and, and I just got like it wasn't anything but I, I got a check from Amazon or to po- direct deposit to Amazon because of uh, book sales that were still going on so you sort of think of everything like as this big hopper and you're going to just, you're going to put the podcast in and you're going to put the lesson work in and you're going to uh, market yourself through social media and, and all these different things, writing a book and then let's see what hits and, and see if, if more and more people are going to look at you as, as you know, as an authority on in the world of uh, uh, baseball growing development, and that's really what my goal is. Um, Sometimes it's it's, it's a lot of work, and I had to get someone to help me to do that, Um, but it it is hugely important for uh, branding, for marketing the business. I don't expect someone from back east to come out to one of my camps, but They may know someone in the Southern California area. It's like, hey, there's this guy who's made a name for himself. He's worked with a lot of different players. You may want to check him out. I have gotten those people. um, Matter of fact, I have a summer camp, and there's a kid who was living in Chicago. He came out here to go to college, and he contacted me the first day I made my announcement on a summer camp. He goes, I'm going to be there for the, the full two months. I'm like, great, you know, and this was just someone that initially found out about me through social media, and next thing you know, he's out here training. So uh, it, it's that's a very important part of what I do.
0: Definitely. Uh, I've I've been a part of it forever, it feels like, uh, and throughout the years, me and my dad always talked about, why hasn't Jim written a book? Why hasn't he done this and that? And it's finally starting to come out, and watching the following of players with you and parents and it's, it's been amazing to watch since I was one of your feel like I'd like to say I was one of your few clients at the beginning, or you didn't have as many as you do now. Certainly Uh, when you walk in and see that giant velocity board with what seems like a million names on it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well you, I, and I would say you're, you're really, we're we're in the beginning of stages of, of the business really taking off. I think um, I'm not sure how much older Trevor is than you. I think maybe about eight years. Yeah, about about seven that. years. Yeah. Seven or eight years. And I think when Trevor was probably starting at UCLA was probably about the time that you and I start. Well, right at that point, once Trevor was drafted in the first round, uh, Sports Illustrated did an article on him. And I was very fortunate to uh, get interviewed for the story and I was actually in it quite a bit well the business for me just absolutely exploded you know everyone wanted to be the next Trevor Bauer and here's a guy that was going to get to the majors real soon and he had a funky way of doing things yeah. and, you know that really all of that stuff that Trevor started doing was started with with me and and with him and and so you know, you were there from the beginning and really start to see the explosion. And so now there's things that, you know, the book got written, the podcast, you know, I opened up multiple facilities, um, at a point to try to expand the number of clients, uh, that we were, uh, that we were seeing. Cause it was just, there was almost too many and we weren't able to, to get to everybody. And, uh, you know, I was joking with a student the other day. He, uh, I said, you know, what I really need to do is write a manual on how to run a pitching (laughs) academy. And because that's how I found out, you know, that's how I got started. I saw an ad. uh, There was a part of USA Today. There was an old baseball weekly. And in that, there was a little announcement in the back, like under the classified said, who wants to be a pitching coach? And at that time, and I wrote about it in my book, I was going through some challenges um, with, with, you know, my personal life. And I was like, gosh, that's, that sounds really interesting. And next thing you know, I got the package. And and that's what I was trying to teach Trevor those first couple times. Um, You know, I wasn't very good at it, but it evolved. And, you know, that person who, who did that isn't around anymore. But, you know, being in this type of business can be, can be profitable and and working for yourself allows you uh, to take time off when you need. I mean, my hours are a little funky. I don't work nine to five. I actually, I kind of work like nine to 10 at night, but, um, I also am a high school coach at West Ranch High School in Stevenson Ranch, and we have a playoff game on Thursday in Orange County, so that's a bus ride. That's an all-day thing. I have people that work for me who are going to cover me that day, and so I'm going to be able to go to uh, uh, to the game and do what I do for the team and... Uh, not miss work, not have to shut down for the day. So um, that's you know that's sort of the luxury of, of working for yourself. You can decide when and where you want to take time off if you need to, and make it up in er- other areas. And thought, gosh, this is actually a pretty good business. Uh, Most people don't necessarily look at it as being something profitable because most people dabble in it. But, um, you know, writing a manual or something like that, uh, you know, initially there's a lot of time that gets taken into it, but you can sell that product, and there's no question that I I know I could sell, you know, enough that it would be worth my while. So that might be my next project, uh, but there's always something that's going on.
0: Yeah, now you kind of just jumped into the next question of – This, I've never actually personally asked you. You can say no comment, be my guest, but have you ever been offered a job to work higher than a high school baseball coach or higher than one on one?
1: Yes. I've been offered three different uh, coaching positions in professional baseball. And uh, and the reason I didn't take those is that it's, uh, you know, it'd be six months away from my family. I would probably initially I would have been somewhere in the middle of the country, uh, which there's nothing wrong with that. Huh. But for me, I I had uh, two boys that were in high school. I had a uh, a daughter that was just uh, was just born, and um, I just didn't feel like at that time I, I was a little bit later in life, but I, I was following the same path somewhat as uh, Doug White, and you know it took him about. I think he got started around 2003 or four it took him like 14, 15 years, but Hey, he's part of a major league coaching staff. And there's no question in my mind. I I could have gone that route, but you know, Doug single um, and and doesn't have uh, doesn't have kids. And for me that was more important was my family and to continue what I do at this end. But uh, yeah, I, I, there was three organizations uh, including the Dodgers a long time ago. And uh, I just never felt that I could, you know, subject myself and being selfish, uh, being away that long and having, you know, for, for really peanuts. I mean, it's not very yeah, high yeah. paying job in the beginning. Um, I think I made more coming out of college and my first college job uh, than I would have probably made as a, as a, a first time uh, pitching coach for, you know, an organization that, in rookie ball, but people that do that actually do it for the love of the game. The money doesn't matter too much. You know, you gotta, uh, I, I do uh, well now. I, I, I think if I, my guess is that, you know, uh, and a, a coach at the major league level, not a manager, but a coach, um, is probably making somewhere about 70 to 90,000 a year starting off, uh, which isn't bad, but it's, you know, it, it takes you a long time before you get to that, Level of making a million dollars, and for me, I just wasn't really willing to sacrifice my my time with my children while they were still growing up.
0: Yeah, I know you have to go here soon, but just like a couple quick more questions. Um, so that just brings up a totally different question. I didn't even plan on asking. Um, I was going to go into player development, but there's coaching development at the professional level as well. You have to make your way up. Um, more recently, uh, Wes Johnson, something that someone that we've both worked with, and we both know, he went straight from college to a major league level. Um, Now, something like that, how does, do you know how that would go on, or give insight on that?
1: Yeah, Wes, uh, I know Wes uh, really well. Uh, Wes was coaching initially at a mid-major Division I school, uh, University of Central Arkansas, uh, when we first met, um, as a matter of fact, in the summers he worked at the Texas Baseball Ranch as an instructor, and uh, to make some additional money. But Wes really was on the front end of a lot of the uh, data and the and the analyzing of data, kind of like what's become a little bit of the norm now in in Major League Baseball, uh, spearheaded by the Astros and the Dodgers. Um, they had a lot of people who they were hiring people like wall street analysts uh people that had computer backgrounds well west actually took that upon himself to to start to do that on his own he started purchasing uh equipment uh rap soto which you know well which is a device that records a lot of different numbers to help assist a pitcher What oh, of my and, favorite uh, things and then yeah he he west went got hired at dallas baptist university and he started doing a lot of the same training uh, that was going on at the Texas Baseball Ranch, but he got into um, he got rap Soto, and he was also one of the first, I think, to utilize an Edtronic camera, which is about a $7,500 camera that can record up to 10,000 frames a second. So he then went to, from Dallas Baptist, he went to Mississippi State, where his clubs at each of the levels had performed really well. He was at Mississippi State for uh, a season. They got to the Super Regions um, where they lost to my uh, beloved Arizona Wildcats. (laughs) And then um, Arkansas hired him. Now, he he grew up in Arkansas, so that was where he was from, and that was like the ultimate job for him. But he was so far ahead of other coaches in terms of the player development and utilizing data that um, the general manager and president Uh, of the Twins, uh, a gentleman by the name of Derek Falvey. Derek was assistant general manager of the Indians uh, for a number of years, and the Twins hired him away to become their general manager. Well, Derek knew Wes. I knew Derek well. um, And uh, so he brought in people that he was comfortable with. And that's how Wes got that job is, you know, his relationships with people, but the fact that he was so far ahead of others, how he worked on developing players that he skipped the traditional route and Minnesota is right there at the top of the standings in the American League Central so he's he's doing something right yes uh, thus far um, uh, but now you see all clubs are doing the same thing Derek just happened to be doing this you know probably about five to seven years ahead of everybody
0: else awesome thank you Jim I know you got to go you have high school practice right now um uh, just thank you for your time. Thank you for helping me out with this. I appreciate it.
1: Chris, you know, uh, you're like a son to me, and I love you, and there's, there's not anything I wouldn't do to help you with your uh, education and baseball career.
0: So thanks for allowing me to do this. It was fun. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Goodbye. All right. So that's Jim Wagner. Uh, just to give a little recap on what he talked about, you go into this leadership and sports aspect, and especially in baseball nowadays, the game has progressed so much that it's more than about is someone good? Do they put numbers up? It's what's fastball spin rate? What's their launch angle if they're a hitter? It's there's an astronomical amount of data that is gathered from player to player and from organization to organization for the, for that manner. And uh, when I started with Jim, he's a very progressive pitching coach. Um, I was always looked at as, what are you doing? What are the, why are you throwing weighted balls? Those are bad for you. Um, and with all of these techniques, I kind of just always turned the cold shoulder. like I'm turned the other way and just said, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing it, keep doing my thing. Because what Jim always told me was that the leaders are always looked at funny at first. The guys who are on the front line and don't look like they know what they're doing, and they eventually become pioneers. Um, that's all I could really say on that note, but other than that, you talk about leadership and I've, I have personally met Ron Wolforth. I have personally met Wes Johnson, all these people. Um, what Jim didn't mention that I will right now is that player development also goes to the point that these guys, if you don't have like a great personality or you're hard to work with, they'll just tell you you're not worth my time. You're not worth my money. So that comes into play a lot along with coaching you need someone that you that is coachable um, that's what a lot of college coaches talk about is he's coachable that's like the ultimate the ultimate comment or ultimate comment you can have towards a player is he's a very coachable player and that's what organizations major league organizations look for colleges look for even high school pitching coaches or normal pitching coaches ever since i was 10 years old it's always about be nice, be respectful. Say thank you after the after the lessons. Give them a handshake. Um, that was always the standard with Jim, and that's always the standard with all these guys. Be professional, and carry yourself with class. Now there is that fun aspect, as I mentioned before. Having fun while pitching is the best thing ever because when you're out in a game, sometimes things can things can spiral a bit, and that also goes along with. Everything in life, and he he intertwined it. He said, "The first time you speak in front of a in front of a group, you don't know what you're going to talk about." I got on this podcast with a whole list of questions. I got to ask about three or four of them. He answered most of them himself. He's very experienced in this in this field. I gave him a quick rundown on what we were going to do, and he went ahead and answered questions that I didn't even tell him about at the point. Um, and that's just amazing stuff. And you can see how educated he is going to. University of Arizona and pitching there and learning from his mistakes in pitching. And he was very cookie cutter at the time, um, back when he went to college and probably ancient times. Don't know exactly when that was. Pitching was up, down and out, drop and drive. There's only a couple different theories on how to pitch. And no one really cared about arm care and stuff like that. And Jim being sort of a pioneer, has kind of taken all of these people that he mentioned, Kyle Bodie from Driveline in Seattle, who is probably the most popular one, mostly because he's a a very interesting soul on Twitter and has no problem dissing people. But he is at the brink of analytics and at the brink of something special, and you'll see many more Driveline pitchers, quote-unquote, in the major leagues pretty soon here. And you have Ron Woolforth from the Texas Baseball Ranch, who pretty sure is the grandfather of it all uh he he taught my pitching coach Jim Wagner he taught Kyle Bode. he taught Randy Johnson he taught Wes Johnson um those guys Ron Wolforth, kind of set like he uh he torched the torch the flame and kind of started this path on hey here's here's the progressive path now take it and go your separate ways and uh that works out And my Jim, what i love that he has done is he has taken bits and pieces from every single one of those guys to make what he sees fit the best throwing program possible and he has given me freedom as i've gotten older as i've as this has progressed with me he asks his players questions like how does that feel um is this helping you do you feel stronger do you feel more flexible and he takes all that in, into account, and if it's just not working, then he just, it's not working. It's just a tool in his bag, and if he doesn't need it for that person, he doesn't need it for that person. Um, I think this is how coaching should be done, and this is definitely how player development is done, is you you make yourself a program for every single individual person. And that that's really all that Jim was about, and all that I've learned here throughout the leadership minor is that You can't take it cookie cutter. You can't be very um, one-sided on everything. You need to see the whole picture, whether that's in life or in sport. And that's all I really got. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, This is Chris Murphy and Shane McGuire and Sam Steiker. Thank you.